What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hello, welcome to Politics by Faith. Mike Slater, thanks for being here. Uh, I got a couple of emails and someone left a review saying, uh, great podcast, but the ad placement can be a bit annoying. Uh, yeah, I agree. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I have no control of it. I have no control over what the ads are or where they are. Uh, so I apologize for that. We will hopefully have a new sponsor to the show very soon, which I'm excited about. That'll be me telling you, and I will place that. And those are very good. All the other ads I have no say over, and I apologize. But uh, thanks for powering through. The story of the day today is about Tom Brady. They say maybe greatest quarterback of all time is retired from football. So why talk about this? Oh, this is actually incredibly relevant to all of us. So it's fun to debate who's the best ever at certain things, I guess. Right? And then you could do some cross-sport analysis or who's the best athlete. Well, what do you mean by athlete exactly? Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods? Well, I don't know. What are we trying to do here? Michael Phelps has the most gold medals. But Bo Jackson played multiple sports. So what is athlete? It's a fun conversation to have. But in football, specifically quarterback, I think Tom Brady takes the cake. 23 years. He's 45 years old. He has the most wins, Pro Bowls, Super Bowl MVPs, completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns. He has the most postseason appearances, the most postseason wins. Uh, the most Super Bowl appearances at 10, seven wins. In the playoffs, he's had 14 game-winning drives and nine fourth-quarter playoff comebacks. Tom Brady has won more Super Bowls than any franchise. The Giants and Packers have won four Super Bowls. The 49ers and Cowboys have won five. The Steelers and Patriots have won six. Tom Brady's won seven. <laughs> he won all the Patriots Super Bowls. And then his first year playing for the Buccaneers, he won. So for me, like if I were debating and I had to say he's the greatest, like that's it. That's the deciding factor. He went to a nothing team. They were 7-9 and nine the year before he went to the Buccaneers. They didn't make the playoffs, and then they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> like what, what in the world? Now, Tom Brady retired once already last year for 40 days. Then came some drama. Tom Brady is married to one of the few people more famous than him, Giselle. She makes more money than he does. Her net worth is reportedly $400 million, uh, double his. She makes $40 million a year. He makes a measly $30 million a year. Now, here's the issue. Tom Brady has three kids, one with his ex-wife, Bridget Moynihan, a 15-year-old, and then two kids with Giselle, 13 and 10. 
we have no idea what's really going on behind the scenes, but it's an easy and understandable and in many cases relatable story to believe. She doesn't want him to play football anymore. It takes too much time. And he did want to play football. And she said, if you play again, I'm getting a divorce. And he chose football. And they got a divorce. And then he played a terrible season, and they lost in a wild card game to the Cowboys, and then retired yesterday. Oof. Now, again, a disclaimer, I have no idea what the ultimatum really was, but that's the story. And even if it's not the real story, it's very important for us to think about this in our lives. So that's what's going on. But what's really going on? This story is about identity. Who am I? Tom Brady is a football player. He knew nothing else. He knows nothing else. And he was addicted to his identity. A lot of elite athletes have this problem. They've been playing this sport since they were four. (laughs) Their entire life has been dedicated to just that one thing. Every waking moment, constantly obsessed with this sport, with the next championship, with the next practice. It's constant. Every brain cell. They miss school for it. They sacrifice time with friends and family. They go to college, and that's all that matters in college. They're like a full-time athlete at this sport. They're the main celebrity in their middle school and high school and hometown, and they're written about in the hometown newspaper, and their name is on the, the banner in the front of the school. And then they go to college, and their ego explodes. <laughs> all eyes on the superstar football player. And then you go pro. And you get all the perks of life. Best seat at every restaurant, sponsorship deals, supermodel wives, and all of this because I am a professional football player. It's who I am. My name is Tom Brady, and I am a football player. That's it. It's been his identity his entire life. To the point where you can't see anything else. Let me give an analogy that Tom Brady could understand. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
there are certain muscles that are used to throw a football and certain parts of the brain that are finely tuned to know exactly how fast and hard and what trajectory to throw the football to reach a player running as fast as a gazelle 50 yards down the field and hit him right in his hands. These muscles and brain cells are tuned to incredible precision. And with Tom Brady, greater precision than anyone in history. But there's a lot of other muscles in your body. Those other muscles are weak. Those other muscles and also your brain, parts of the brain are weak. These are the muscles on being a husband and on being a dad. It can be very difficult for men, especially, to turn off their work brain and transition into husband and dad mode. And I'm guessing because he was so intense at his craft and his identity, he couldn't do it well. It's all he knows. It's all he thinks he is. I'll never forget this clip. This is Tom Brady on 60 Minutes in 2005. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't. This can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. I mean, it's, I think that's part of me trying to go out and experience other things. But there's a, I know, I love playing football and I love being the quarterback for this team. And, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. Yeah, he never found it. How about that line? He says, I'm 27. What else is there for me? The guy says, well, what is it? I wish I knew. So he was 27. It was 2005. And he said, well, there's nothing. It's just football. So he dove even more into it. And now he's 45. Hasn't found anything else. He's won four more Super Bowls since that interview. Is he any happier? Has he found it now? Of course not, because joy can't be found in Super Bowl wins. Fleeting happiness, sure. Sense of accomplishment, oh, no, no question. But lasting and eternal joy, no. And the sad truth is, everyone will forget you. Even the few people who we do remember, like our founding fathers, they get their legacies dragged through the mud. And they're dead. They can't even defend themselves. Some people get so worried about legacy. And the most important people are right in front of you. Those are the people you have an impact on. That's your legacy right there, right in front of you. That's your ministry. Who won the Super Bowl five years ago? <laughs> like, like who, who won it 20 years ago? No clue. No one cares. Who was the MVP? Who caught the game-winning touchdown? Doesn't matter at all. It's the relationships you have with your kids and the people directly around you. That's a generational impact. Your work, think your work is your legacy. Your work will forget about you the minute you're gone. You retire, they'll move on to the next person. Everything you ever worked on, like you poured your heart into to work on, the new guy will come in and change all of it. And someone's going to come along and throw more touchdown passes and win more Super Bowls. 
And people will remember Tom Brady like people remember Jim Thorpe. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think I've heard, I've heard of him. I think Jim. That's it. So all of us, each of us need to really define what is my identity? Who am I? I can't answer it. You got to figure it out. If you don't know, if you can't answer that, well, how can you know where you're going? And then you're bound to get tossed around. If you don't know your identity, you're going to get tossed around. There's no question. Ephesians 4. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. If you don't know who you are, you're going to be tossed around. I feel, I feel sad for Tom Brady. I feel bad for their broken marriage. Um, I lament how difficult it can be for, for many to provide for a family and be present at the same time. The addictions we have in our lives. I wish, I wish I could know what really matters and just be able to focus on those things. But I just don't. I don't like, even I know I should. Like you know, Paul said, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. It's like, oh, just stop. Put the phone down, Slater. Or just do, wrestle with the kids right now. Do, right? do the kid thing. Do the family. Be with the wife. Do that. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I lament the disconnect between my legacy, this desire for greatness, versus what God calls me to be. And, and I'm, I'm trying to make this mighty kingdom of Mike. It's like, oh, no, no. Let's get some history in here. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, it's known as the oldest written story we have, over 2000 BC. So Gilgamesh is this tyrannical king of the city. Uh, city is Uruk, U-R-U-K. Super arrogant in every way. And he goes on these very unwise adventures around the world, makes really bad decisions, loses his best friend in his uh, recklessness, and then finally comes to terms with his own humanity. He thought he'd live forever. And then his friend died. He's like, what? Am I going to die too? And he's contemplating life. And he's sitting on these giant walls that he built or ordered to be built around his city. And he concludes, well, I may die. But at least these walls I built will last forever. Google Uruk, U-R-U-K. And you'll see a picture of a pile of dirt. That's the city. That's Uruk today. No more walls. Walls are gone. No walls. At least these walls will last forever. No, no more walls. I know I've mentioned this poem many times before, but let's read the whole thing. Actually, I'm not going to read it. This is Brian Cranston reading it. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains. 
Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Ah, I love that poem so much. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look at my works, ye mighty in despair. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> it's gone. Everything's gone. I'm just saying, as far as that, look at this mighty empire. It will never fall, and I am the king of kings. Gone. There's scenes in the Bible where, like, hundreds of years, entire empires just, just like, get a mention, and how many don't even? There was a, uh, a real-life king in the Assyrian Empire, 600 B.C., Asher Banapal. He said, I am a hero. I am gigantic. I am colossal. I am magnificent. That was carved in stone. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> you ever heard of Asher Banapal? No. There's millions of people who lived in the year uh, 900. Or all the nine. Can you name one? No one can. This is supposed to be liberating. You don't worry about it. Even the greatest kings of all eras are forgotten, and that's fine. That's great. There's a wonderful book by Thomas Akempis. Thomas 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 Akempis. Excuse me. Um, it's called Imitation of Christ, written in the 1400s, Dutch guy. And the whole theme is be content to be unknown and not respected. <laughs> be content to be unknown and not respected. Got a couple of scriptures for you. I love this from John Piper. Hebrews, these are all in Hebrews. So we'll start Hebrews 2. It says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Drift. We don't want to drift. You don't want to be drifting. You want to stand firm in conviction. So we don't want to drift. So what do we need? We need, we need something that will keep us from drifting. Okay. Uh, Hebrews 6, 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Perfect. First of all, we're talking about the soul. Love that. And it's an anchor. What kind of anchor? A steadfast one. Beautiful. That'll keep us from drifting. I want the anchor. What do we do? Hebrews 12, 2. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Fix our eyes on Jesus. There you go. That's it. That's what you got to do. Uh, such a great scene. Luke 18, 35. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what it was. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. I love that. Quiet down. <laughs> but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Sight. Sight. Fix your eyes. Fix your eyes on what? Fix your eyes on that Super Bowl ring. Oh, the first three didn't do it. The fourth Super Bowl. That's the one. The fifth. The sixth. The seventh. It's the seventh. That's the one that will make you happy. That seventh Super Bowl ring. That's it. That, it's that next promotion will make it that you need when you make 10,000 more dollars a year. That's it. That's when you'll be, you just got to fix your eyes on that. Fix your eyes on that. No. Check out this Psalm. It's Moses, Psalm 90. Uh, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. I love to satisfy me. Satisfy us, God. 
Not with money, not with fame, not with money, not with accolades, not with money. <laughs> if I mentioned money, not even with things that are seemingly good. Family, work, work is good. Work is good. Adam and Eve worked in the garden before the fall. Work is good. But that's not where we get our identity from. No, no, God, satisfy me with your steadfast love that we may be glad in all of our days. It's wonderful. I don't want to drift. I need an anchor. And I want to fix my eyes on that anchor so that I can be satisfied. It's weird because satisfied in our culture is not even good enough. Doesn't that, that sounded so unsatisfying. It's like, I don't want to be satisfied. I want to be more than satisfied. Okay, fair enough. Well, that Hebrew word can also be translated as full. So Deuteronomy 31.10, when I brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full, that's the same Hebrew word, full and grown fat. It's great. That's it. Now we're talking. I want to be full and grown fat. So that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to be drift. I need an anchor. I'm going to fix my eyes on it so I can be full and fat. You know the rest of that sentence? (laughs) What happened when the Israelites grew full and fat? God says they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. Back to the Super Bowl rings, right? Or whatever the Super Bowl ring is in your life. No, God, I don't want to be like the Israelites. I don't want to be like them. And only come to you when times are good and turn away from you when times are tough and then turn to my other idols, serve them. But I do it all the time. So what is in my control? Three things. First, humble suggestion. I do not ask people what they do for a living. I've had friends for a good period of time and I have no idea what they do. And part of that is because when I ask that, I immediately size them up. I immediately like start a pecking order and judge them based on their profession. And that's messed up. I don't want anything to do that. So I don't even ask people what they do for a living because it doesn't even really matter. It's way more interesting things to talk about. Right? So I think we just need to stop looking at people based on their profession. And don't introduce yourself as that either. You are not your profession. No one you know is their profession. You are not your profession. And I hope Tom Brady one day can realize that he is more than just a football player. I hate that it's potentially too late for his family. So don't ask people what they do for a living and don't identify yourself as your profession. You're more than that. I noticed that, the second thing is I noticed that when my anxiety was the worst, there was a period of time, a couple years ago, two, three years ago, and I would wake up and first thing in the morning, my heart was just racing. It was no good. And it was just anxiety about all the things I had to do and all the rest. And a ton of things tied into that, like being liked and I'm not doing enough and what all this stuff. And it was bad. And I would I figured out just a little trick. I would just repeat first thing in the morning. I'd wake up, my heart was racing, and it sounds super corny, I know, but he's, I, would, I would say, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. I'd just say it over and over. And it would just reorient me just enough to the truth and then keep my mind from spinning out of control. And then I could go from there. So the anxiety was caused by a fake identity. I got to do this. I have to do that. My profession. I need my money. I need fame. I need this. I need blah, 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 blah. All these like fake identity things were racing through my head. And the thing that brought me peace was reorienting to my true identity. The people I admire the most 
the men, the older men I admire the most have a deep peace in their presence. And it's really inspiring to see. And it, it clearly comes from being deeply rooted in knowing who they are. I got a list here of 100 identity truths. I am born again. I'm a child of God. I'm the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I'm protected by the power of his name. I'm set free by the truth. I'm kept from the evil one. I have peace with God. I've been justified by faith. I've I have access into the sphere of God's grace. I can rejoice in trouble. The love of God has been poured out in my heart. It goes, oh, you just Google these. They're all, they all have scriptures, of course. They go with them. But find the identity statement that speaks most to you. Maybe a couple. Cling to those. Make this your identity. And the third thing is say yes to your family. Say yes to your family as much as you can. When Tom Brady was 13, his dad looked at him and said, there's nobody I love playing golf with more than you. Tom Brady's dad was on the road all day long as an insurance salesman. And he'd come home after a long day and his son would always ask him, can we go shoot free throws? Can we go play in the park? Can you hit me ground balls? And his dad always said yes. There's a Navy SEAL friend of mine who's just a, a baller of a man and uh, his incredible kids. And he gave me advice when Jack was first born. And it was say yes as much as you can. It was something like, unless there's a really good reason to say no, say yes. And of course, your kids need to understand boundaries and appropriate times for things and all the rest. But generally speaking, like, hey, can we climb that? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's hike that. Yeah, why not? Say yes. This is Seth Wickersham. Brady never forgot the image of his dad entering home tired and then leaving, often still in his work clothes, to help his son and to play with his son. So no matter what was going on in the world, Tom Brady's dad, no matter how his day went, his dad always said yes. Tom said, being available to me was the greatest gift I could ever receive from my dad. He never said no to being with me. Gosh, I wonder how that plays into him being, getting a divorce with his three kids. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's fine. But what his three kids think of him seemingly choosing football over them. I don't know. Just don't want to make those same mistakes is all. What is your identity? What is your identity rooted in? How are you going to keep that identity and not drift? What are you going to fix your eyes on? Final thought to leave us on. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because it's so countercultural. It's so countercultural. They're in the same family. One of them is whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I love that. But I think maybe the one that best correlates to this topic is, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Slater radio at gmail.com. Send me an email you'd like. Any questions, comments, requests for clarification, anything that's causing you anxiety that you want us to run through. Any, any, any criticisms, please. Uh, We're friends here. If you made it through an episode and you you think I got something I would like to tell Slater, maybe improve the show a bit or something I don't love that much or we should do less of or more of. It'd be great. Shoot it right over. Slater radio at gmail.com. It'll be the best received constructive criticism you've ever given and uh, I'll be very grateful for it 
Uh, also, if you'd like to take the Christian Parenting Course, ChristianParentingCourse.com, and uh, just type in the promo code PBF, Politics by Faith PBF, and you get it for free. It's all yours. ChristianParentingCourse.com, promo code PBF, Politics by Faith. Have a wonderful night. Get some sleep. Spread the word. <laughs>